right, everybody, it's Keys to the Game, and again, season two. I'm so excited. Um, we've had some heavy hitters on this show so far this season, especially after having kind of a rough first season. I was very concerned about the direction of the podcast, but as always, God came through. Uh, we've had Ryan Olin, supermodel Lyris Cross, who won um, who won Project Runway's uh, 16th season, one of the first plus models to do so. Carva Hagen, super producer from Philadelphia. And it is my honor, of course, to have on someone who I've known now for about eight years. Uh, and I was honored to be invited to do press for uh, Philly Fashion Week. Uh, what was it, spring 2010 or the fall? Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it made me level up with my journalism game. <laughs> it made me kind of level up. Um, in the fashion world, uh, it made me really go hard. And so I'm definitely honored to bring uh, Kevin Parker to everyone who's listening. And, and I'm, I'm telling you guys, this guy is a mogul. Um, we hear that word a lot. We hear icon a lot. I mean, hey, Dion and Beyonce just had some issues with the word icon. But I can honestly say, uh, after watching his growth over the last few years, that I definitely believe he's on his way to that icon status. But he's definitely a mogul, in my opinion. Um, so Kevin Parker is a gift to not only fashion, but Philadelphia. Uh, he's been honored in Philadelphia by the Philadelphia Inquirer and listed as top 25 fashion icons in Philly. He's also been honored by the city council in 2015. He works closely with his staff and clients to produce the perfect events and craft the right styling for their client's lifestyle. After more than 10 years working and studying in the fashion industry, Kevin continues to soar as the CEO of FBH, the agency and producer of Philadelphia Fashion Week um, and an internationally published fashion stylist and professional runway coach. Um, I think it says you're the oldest of seven. And that's pretty interesting. Um, he graduated from the Creative and Performing Arts High School in Camden, New Jersey, and then later was accepted into the University of the Arts, where he studied dance and then modeling, which is how he ended up meeting his partner, Carrie Scott, who became his manager um, and helped him with his modeling career. And these two have been a force, in my opinion, to be reckoned with in the fashion business. And as the niece of Stephanie Kane, who's the first lady of Philadelphia, Philly fashion. I really have to say for me to give somebody kudos in this business is a really big deal. Um, and while there's still some things working out in his future, I truly believe that Philly Fashion Week is going to go to a whole nother level. And currently um, they're under the mentorship of Fern Malice, who is the creator of New York Fashion Week, which in and of itself says a lot about who they are. And Kevin currently styles and organizes fashion segments with Fox 29, PHL 17, and many more for award seasons such as Met Gala, Oscars, Grammys, Emmys, and so much more. I can go on and on and on, but we're just going to bring Kevin on because I think it, this is a, how can I say, a long-awaited interview for me. It's so crazy that I've covered Philly Fashion Week, I think, about five times, and I've never sat down and interviewed the founder and creator. So welcome, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for that intro. Wow, that really means a lot. Like, I'm, I'm really humble. Thank you so much. Oh, 
of course. You know, I had to do like I had to pull some pieces from yours and I had to pull some pieces. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things that I pride myself on um, being a journalist is just, yes, people submit bios to me, but I feel it's like a disservice to not kind of put a, a unique spin on it, especially when I have some kind of a personal connection with them. Um, so yeah that's my thing so we're gonna jump right in so my first segment that i always do with everyone is called in the news and what i do is i pull out like three news topics and we talk about them and you know you give me your opinion and then we jump into your interview and then we have my famous game segment at the end and i am prepared for you my friend i had to do some (laughs) deep fashion research (laughs) Um, so we're gonna have fun and then we'll close out in prayer that's just my whole thing just making sure that people with a blessing um i'm here for it so in the news i want to talk about this first let's talk about something like this zendaya cover for vogue i mean i personally think zendaya is growing up before our eyes in a way that i don't think we even anticipated um i think she is truly killing the game but what is your take on it as you know a fashion expert are you feeling zendaya when it comes to the fashion world i know sometimes we can kind of stick people in a bubble because she was an actress and she is an actress and right. she was on Disney. But what's your whole take and where are you feeling this Vibe cover? I mean, Vogue. I'm sorry, I said Vibe. Vogue cover. Zendaya is absolutely amazing. I love her style. Her team is absolutely top-notch. I love everything that she puts out. Like, I'm always here for it. She always kills it on the red carpet. She always kills it for the fashion events and especially for her editorials. Like I'm totally here for it. She's definitely a fashion icon in the making. I love her. I love everything that she's doing. And this, this cover was amazing. Like, especially with all the, like the, all the solid red and things like that. Like she, this editorial was really, really awesome to me. Yeah. And I think Zendaya, um, and then I, even being a Disney actress, I think she always kind of had that style. Um, I think, and that's actually a question we're going to get to later, talking about style in film and TV. Um, that's one of the things I pay attention to when we're watching actors on our favorite shows. It's like, wow, who's dressing these people? So I think she right. always kind of, even in her Disney days, had like her own unique style on set, whether that was someone who, you know, knew her personally or the stylist on set just kind of, you know, kind of helped her with it. Whatever it was, I kind of feel like she's always been that. So this isn't something new we're seeing from Zendaya. I just kind of wanted to exactly. point that out here. Yeah, she All always right. has her hands on a pulse of fashion. Like that the girl yeah. is always, always ahead of the game. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. So we're actually excited to see more from Zendaya. Um, and so next, we have to talk about Jesse Smollett um, because Lee Daniels just said, well, yesterday I was reading that he said um, he was really devastated with the way things turned out. But today I just read where he said uh, he feels like it's Jesse's fault that the show was canceled. Um, and so I don't know. There's been so much surrounding this case since January when he alleged that he was attacked. And um, many people are just upset because they do feel like he lied, even though the charges were dropped. So I just want your take on that. And is he still invited to the cookout? I would say he's still invited to the cookout. At the end of the day, I still support him. I think he's an amazing actor. I think he's an amazing guy. I think he, you know, he's also an activist. He has a lot of positive things that he's doing in his life. And I feel like everybody in life makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. And nobody actually knows what actually happened. And at the end of the day, he wasn't charged. At the end of the day, there was no real evidence that would have brought against him. And, I mean, 
the police department seemed kind of shady the way they were releasing information um, that wasn't supposed to be released and that actually wasn't factual. Um, so in that in that respect, I think that you know we should still rally around them and support them. And I think that um, the reason why you know people are feeling a little salty is because the show got canceled because everybody feels like oh they don't want to touch the situation and they don't want to be attached to it. But at the end of the day, like I said, he's still he's still legally innocent and there's no real evidence saying that he he did anything wrong so at the end of the day i feel like people should still support him regardless of what happened i just feel like people are now just nervous because their money is being affected and i think at the end of the day they should still support him because what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong right and i love that you said that and i just like to point out i I get lee daniel's point but i personally feel like empire was over in season four so we're not gonna put all of it on (laughs) jesse like you know it's like (laughs) it's not all his fault um the ratings were kind of shaky already in season five before this even went on um but lee daniels made a good point um he talked about how they literally fox canceled a lot of black shows that had black leads and I do think that's a little suspicious on Fox part. Um, you know, they canceled Star. Um, right. There was quite, there was like six shows that were canceled. And so I have to say in that vein, I do agree with that part of the article that I read that I do think there's some racial things going on with Fox um, mm-hmm. because all of those shows weren't failing. You know what I mean? So, right. Okay. Okay. So our last topic of in the news is um, when they see us. And I know for so many people, it's been so heart-wrenching. I haven't been able to uh, get past the first episode, but I am going to watch it, of course, because I think it's so important and it's part of our history. And so, you know, as a black man, um, how did you feel if you've seen it or, you know, if not, are you going to watch it? I saw it and it was heart-wrenching. I cried just about the whole way through and especially at the end of episode four i was just completely done like i was like falling to the point where i had to almost like pause it and just really kind of get myself together to to continue watching it um and i don't know i was just so hurt by it and it it was like a lasting effect like the hurt was like it was real to me because i've experienced some things where i've been pulled over for no reason actually i was in a parking lot and a bunch of cops just ended up right behind it like me and carrie and they started like you know asking us to search the car and um they said the car the car we were in looked like it was involved in a robbery a couple weeks ago and blah 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 and come to find out like we ended up going down to the to the station and come to find out like that whole story that we were given wasn't even true and they told us they they told them that we would that they pulled us they stopped us because they saw us being suspicious and something else and we were not we were we weren't even doing we're at the gas station so like it's just like so many people are affected by this because so many people just don't know, like they were kids, you know what I mean? They were kids and they were investigated and and and, and asked all these questions in it and they were like pretty much terrified and terrorized. And I feel like at the end of the day, you know, there are so many people that go through this and stories that are unheard of so many innocent people that are in jail right now whose stories just aren't heard yet. And I feel like the criminal justice system just needs to do better. Especially for people of color. Yeah. And so shout out to Ava DuVernay. And she did the same thing a couple years ago with her documentary, uh, 13, 
with the prison system. And so I think um, that's why it was important for me to ask you, like I said, uh, had Carvin Hagens on the show and I asked him as a black man, you know, it's heart wrenching. And then for some of the people that I interviewed that had black boys, you know, children, it's like, how do we, how do we explain this to our children? without right. anger or you know but i think you have to go through all of the emotions with your children if you're watching it with your kids and if you're just watching it as a person i think you have to go ahead and, and feel that pain um right. and and lastly just before moving on i remember um when alton sterling and uh philando castile were murdered because it was like fourth of july week uh 2016 and i remember talking to a colleague of mine in the publishing industry and she said you know what we are getting a small taste of what our ancestors got. And exactly. I was like, whoa, like, you know, it's like, like, it just, it blew me when she said that, but it's so true. And that's not to say we're comparing or like we deserve it, but it's just like, truly we, we are like what we're experiencing right. today, what they experienced. It's like a really small taste of what our ancestors endured just so we could be afforded the opportunities that we have today. So right. yeah. All right. Well, thank you. That's all the heavy, dark stuff. Now let's get into the fun. <laughs> um, so my first question, like you are making waves in fashion and definitely making a mark on Philadelphia. Um, and based on where you went to high school, you were, I'm guessing you're from Jersey. Yes. I grew up in Camden, New Jersey. Right. Okay. So what did your mother or parents or grandmother, whoever it was um, that raised you, what did they instill in you that makes you so determined? Because this is a ugly business. Uh, it is an ugly business. And um, I think what helped me become so determined was I felt so inexposed to so many things in Camden. You know what I mean? And it's like once I started really honing into my talents and become unafraid of people calling me gay and calling me all these different names. Um, once I just became like confident within myself, like, okay, I'm going to hone in on my talents. And my mom was like, you can do anything you put your mind to. And at the end of the day, um, she supported me through the process. And I think I've been exposed to so many different things by being able to travel with my school to different places and experience different things and go to plays for the first time and just kind of seeing what the world has to offer. And I think all of those things um, just kind of built up in me. And ultimately, from dance, I ended up modeling. And from just kind of seeing how things work from the inside out to the costuming of different concerts and performances, and I just truly fell in love with the fashion side of things. Um, so I just I owe it all to my mother and my grandmother for just being fashionable women to begin with and just kind of, you know, telling me that I can achieve anything I put my mind to. And to be not like I would think I was like 18 or 19 years old when I first when we first started this company you know it says a lot because a lot of people go through life like you know working for people for years before they step out and start their own companies and I think that you know I owe it all to God for giving me the confidence and, and the vision to, to to make this happen yeah and I have to say I think that's what's what is most impressive about your story uh that you took a chance for yourself at such a young age um and that, that speaks to, again, like the, what was instilled in you, what you were exposed to. And I also, because I feel like that's our first key, you know, this is keys to the game. That speaks to all the people um, and the young kids. I mean, I was a teacher before I left Philly. You know, when you feel like your environment is restricting you, that's actually, in my opinion, a little bit uh, more of motivation. 
you know, right. so it doesn't matter whether you're from Camden or North Philly, like myself, you know, I think that's motivation for children out there who are kind of wondering how to navigate the hood and how to get out without getting caught up or, or killed. And so right. you just really have to, those things are, your mother is saying is, is right. It may not feel right in the moment, but you got to kind of, you know, <laughs> heed, to that, <laughs> heed to that advice. Um, okay. And now let's talk a little bit about partnerships because they are a huge plus in any in industry. Um, but how did you know Carrie well, would be a great partner and how have you two been able to maintain this partnership throughout the years? Um, because when we first started um, pretty much working together, he had a lot of business history. Um, he, his, his family, his grandmother had a, um, a business that he helped run at a young age, uh, which was a personal care home. So he had a lot of business knowledge that he brought to the table. And he was like, you know, we should do this and we should do that. And this is the way you can make money. This is the way you can build. And me, I was more so at the time just to kind of, you know, the creative, but I had a lot of visions of things that I wanted to happen. And um, he just kind of helped me hone in on, you know, the business side of things and it was honestly just like a perfect partnership and we helped each other grow because um, certain things he didn't know or didn't, you know, always weaken, I was strong in. And we kind of just brought our strengths together to kind of make this happen. And we both learned a lot over the process because we really didn't have mentors per se. Um, we just kind of went in and just kind of, you know, started assisting with different productions and seeing how back of house works for different fashion events. And um, we started, you know, people and people took notice to how we worked backstage and we started getting hired by different people to work backstage for different events. And um, from the Philly Fashion Expo with Ms. Julie to the um, fashion hair idol that was at the convention center with Sensational Hair. Um, and I was a model coach for that. So it was just like a lot of things that we experienced for the first time and we just kind of were natural at it. So people were like, oh, wow, I want to hire you for this. I want to hire you for that. And that just kind of helped us develop the business relationship because I feel like everybody that you work with, you want to leave a lasting impression on them because you never know where you're going to need that person in the future. Or you never know where people will end up or where you're going to meet again. Um, so ultimately, I feel like, you know, just cultivating those relationships over the years and doing productions and working with people and having a lasting impression and having a lasting friendship that you build with people as well. You know, it just kind of helps the process and people want to continuously support you and you make sure you do the same in return. Yeah, absolutely. Good answer. Um, and I think that just speaks to, uh, I always say that you treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO. And I know it's kind of like a cliche, but it's so true. And so everyone right. that you meet in every industry, but specifically when we're here in entertainment, which fashion is a, a part of entertainment, um, it is so important because a lot of these people do get treated crazy, the assistants and, you know, the people you see at the front desk, they don't necessarily always get treated the best. So, you know, you kind of want to leave a scent with them that's like a fresh scent. Oh, wow, that person was a breath of fresh air. You know, I'll be glad to introduce you to the you know the top fashion designer or whatever because you know you kind of leave that behind when you're working with people um right so philly fashion week has become a staple now let me because let's back up because you said philadelphia and i know like on instagram is philly and i was introduced to it as philly have you guys changed the name to philadelphia or is it just philly fashion week <laughs> We go by both because, I mean, I feel like, you know, we're the originators in the, like the whole Philadelphia Fashion Week um, movement. Um, okay. So we, we go by both. Uh, so we go by Philadelphia and we go by Philly. So we 
I mean, some Burbage will say Philadelphia Fashion Week, some Burbage will say Philly, but our legal name is Philly Fashion Week LLC. Okay, because I just want to make sure I had it right. Okay, so <laughs> Philly Fashion Week has become a staple in Philadelphia events. I mean, literally, and has made history on numerous occasions. Why do you believe Philly backs you, you guys up so much? I mean, you guys get great sponsorship, great event spaces. Um, just why do you feel like Philly is like, yes, even from, I don't know, you know, how it was the very first season, because I'm sure there were some challenges and maybe you didn't always get a yes, but I definitely right. know the five or so seasons I was a part of it. I just feel like, wow, like you guys really get a lot of support. Uh, I think people support us because they see we have true passion behind it and it's not just a fast money scheme. Um, I think some people get into production because they think they're going to make a lot of money out of it. And it's not like that. Like literally it's an investment for years before you even start seeing a return. Um, when we first started, like we had people who believed in us and thank God it was like rental companies and like people from the city who, you know, who saw the vision that we had. So that's why we were able to get city hall for like sponsored the first season. And we were able to get lighting and chairs and rentals sponsored the first season, but it was hard to get people who were in the fashion industry interested in because like, who are these kids? What are they doing? You know what I mean? And we honestly had to become, we just had to evolve. We had to get better. We had to stay consistent. We had to constantly set the game up. And when people see that you're consistent, you're passionate and that it truly is like, something that you love to do and that you're trying to create benefits for designers and creatives and entrepreneurs like they take you seriously and I think that's why people take it seriously and they respect us because we truly do put 110% into it and we're constantly trying to grow and evolve to become better and each season we just take away notes of things that we need to improve upon and things that we need to work on in different areas of production and I think people truly see that we've been growing over the years and the fact that we've been able to attract major fashion names like Fern Mallis to come and do mentorships with our designers and also mentor us as producers and introduce us to different people who have, like who are in high places in the fashion industry. Um, to have editorial director Mickey Boardman from Paper Magazine come down to meet and greet our designers and talk to them about our collections and talk on fashion panels that we've hosted. Um, like we've had tons of fashion icons from Patricia Fields has come down. Uh, Nicole Fischer-Lees, who was the fashion director for Macy's, has come down and spoke on a panel. And like we've just attracted so many different people and we attract international designers that fly here. Jaya Masra, India, LK Paris. Um, we've had designers traveling from China, from Vietnam, um, from Africa. So we know that we provide a, a great platform for entrepreneurs and businesses to grow because we're not as expensive as New York fashion. Yeah. And people are actually able to invite their buyers and invite their clients and invite the press that they already have relationships with on top of the people that we have coming in and the press that we have there as well. So people see it as an investment and they see the opportunity that comes out of it. And there are tons of things that people have walked away with that have taken their careers to the next level. So I love it. I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about where Fashion Week is going in September as well. Yeah, we're going to get to that. But you mentioned um, a powerful name who I was actually going to um, ask about next because it's a twofold question. So you mentioned Fern Miles, And I just wanted you to talk a little bit about how that feels, um, just her supporting the vision and being a mentor and then the impact that she's had on you guys. Oh, my God. It's just it's mind-blowing when she was just so receptive to us in the beginning. Um, she wanted to know more about us and about our production and what we were doing because 
Um, of course, she was the, the director for the uh, PFDA for a long time, and she organized, um, you know, New York Fashion Week and a tent at Bryant Park. And um, she got Vogue involved and a bunch of different, like, magazines and all the major designers showing under one roof. So with her being the godmother of fashion, in a sense, um, for her to respect us from, you know, from us being young and, you know, we're minority and we're like, you know, we're still trying to navigate our way through. For her to see the value in our company and things that, that we've done already, it says a lot. And it says a lot about the talent that we have here in Philadelphia, that people in New York are taking notice and wanting to come down here to see the talent that we have. Um, and I'm humbled by the experience of even being able to sit down and talk to her. And she's been able to like tell us about different things that we need to be conscious of. Um, like when we used to do our events at the Crane Arts Building, we didn't have a lot of visual things. We mainly had like Philly fashion week in the background and that was it. We never really um, concentrated on putting up the designers' names and things like that. That was mainly something we did for programs. But she was like, no, you need visibility for the designers so that people know who they are when they walk away or when they take the pictures. Like, you know, and different, like you need to have um, space for your your sponsors up on the screens where people can constantly see them outside of just stuff from the peak. Like, it's just so many different things that not like so much knowledge that she dropped on us, which made us evolve and help us become better producers. And, and now it's just like to a whole nother level. And I... I I can't thank her enough for just believing in us. And I think it's amazing because this is a very competitive, you know, industry. And with her heading and being, you know, founder, you know, New York Fashion Week and not to see you guys as a threat, you know, I think that that speaks to you and to her and character in this business. Um, like it's a big deal, you know, because it's easy to be like, no, I don't want to work with somebody who's kind of in my lane. Um, but that just goes to show how important it is to pay it forward. Right. Um, okay, so what award shows, uh, red carpet wise, would you love to cover physically? So I know you've done some coverage and you've done like, you know, the Met Gala, Grammys and different things. But as far as like a physical, if you could be there live and in color covering that red carpet, uh, what award show um, or shows would you love to? I guess you could say your top three and why. Uh, my number one would be Met Gala. Oh my God. I feel like people come, like they pull out all stops to like be standouts. And it's, of course it's a costume um, gala. So I just love to see how people pull it together and how they, you know, they make it fashionable, how they make it work from top to bottom, from hair to makeup to the accessories to the actual gowns and why they decide to wear the gowns. Um, if I, if I ever am able to like, be live and interviewing or broadcasting at the Met Gala, oh my God, I would just die. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Met Gala would be number one. Um, and then I know I'll be able to meet most of my fashion icons that I love. Um, and then to um, the Grammys. Um, and let's see. Awesome. Gala, yeah, the Oscars, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a good one. It's more of a fine. People are more like, it's more pulled up. But um, but yeah. I love the way people pull it together as well. So that that would definitely be my third. So who was your favorite at the Met Gala this year? My favorite at the, oh, Cardi B. 
Yeah, she did. Cardi B was my favorite. I don't know. Like, her stylist, Colin, is amazing. And I just love what he's been able to do with her. And, like, that outfit was just awesome. It just was, like, <laughs> job there, gorgeous, from the feathers to the crystallized, um, you know, accents of her body and the crazy long train. Like, she killed it for me. And I, I love Cardi B. I just Huh? I have to, no, I said I have to agree. I think Cardi, yeah. hands down. But I think Sierra got the best hair. That's just my opinion. Like, oh, yeah. I, Sierra's hair was awesome. Her whole outfit was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but the hair for me, like, I always kind of look for stuff like that, like best, you know, dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. And best suit. Now, who was your favorite guy? Favorite guy? Hmm. I think Michael B. Drew was okay, but I wish, like, the yeah, it was okay. Where you can push the envelope. And I, exactly. I kind of wish he had pushed it a little bit more. Like, <laughs> just a little bit more. I can't even think of a guy that stood out to me that I remember right now. Yeah, see, that's crazy. That, that means, guys, <laughs> you got to step up next year. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Oh, my God. Um, Billy Portia Billy killed it. That's, yeah. Okay, the whole Egyptian theme and everything like that. Okay. And yeah, he had this entire like one piece gold. It was like dripping with like chains and sequins coming off of him. It was amazing. Yeah, that oh, was definitely, you know definitely, definitely amazing. That's when you know, because yeah. you, know, you got every detail. <laughs> that's when you know exactly. you're about to change your life. Um, Okay, now when it comes to fashion and film and television, which I mentioned earlier, um, I pay attention to that. Um, like, for instance, I was just watching um, Always Be My Maybe on Netflix. It's such a cute little Asian film. And <laughs> I mean, ever dressed, I think uh, it's Alice Wong, whoever was dressing her slayed every scene, even the ones where she was like going through it and she's crying over heartbreak. She looked so fierce. And I was just like, who is doing this? So when it comes to fashion and film and television, um, what would you like to see more of? And what are some things that just really like piss you off? Like, no, just stop doing that. And I don't know if you pay attention to it in film and television, but like when I'm watching my favorite shows, whether it be The Shy or whatever, I kind of really pay attention to stuff like that because wardrobe is a huge part of any show. And I think the show that ever did it to me that did it the best was Gossip Girl. I think mm-hmm. they displayed their outfits every week. <laughs> so yeah, right. talk to me a little bit about that if you if you have a take on fashion and film and television. Fashion takes I mean fashion I mean fashion has a plays an important role in fashion, film and music, period. Um because at the end of the day you have to think about how it affects the people watching it and how the people watching it will then talk about it and talk about the looks and talk about, you know, and create memes behind it. And it just, fashion is so important to create the moment and to create the mood that the, the storyline is trying to portray. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I just love it. And I love when people like really pay attention to detail. Like one of my favorite um, TV shows period was Sex in the City. And of course, Patricia Fields would always kill the looks for that, like 24-7. The looks were like top-notch, awesome, couture, ready to wear, um, and not your everyday stuff. And I feel like that's how you create true fashion icons. And that's how icons are created is through the fashion films and how they look and how they're portrayed in them. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was good because I was about to ask you what show would you say really made you feel like, wow, they're doing this big. Um, do you have a show that you feel could kind of step up in that area or a film maybe you saw that you were like, well, wait a minute now, like hmm. a bit better in that wardrobe department. <laughs> in the wardrobe department. Hmm. And I'm not if I- 100%. Okay. I can't really think of one at the moment. Okay. No, it's cool. Um, so how can someone who is a young black man um, that's looking to break into fashion, one of the things that um, you, you guys, I remember just reading some interviews where you said you wanted to create a space in Philadelphia because a lot of people uh, that were in the fashion business were feeling like, I guess they had to leave Philly to see success mm-hmm. and they weren't really feeling, you know, like, they could reach the level they wanted to reach um, in Philadelphia. And I always say Philadelphia has some hidden gems. You know, you just got to kind of find them and uncover them. But what advice or um, how can someone who is a young black man that's looking to break into fashion that doesn't want to quite leave Philly yet, what would you say to him? I would say create your vision boards, stay inspired, continue to push forward, continue to build relationships, continue to study, continue to um, have your inspirations that you are inspired by and just go for it. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't do or that you can't accomplish or that you can't achieve. Um, I'm a firm believer in you can do anything that you put your mind to as long as you work hard for it and you constantly work on it. I feel like every day you should do something to help your dreams come true. Um, Whether it's one day you, get your LLC and the next day you, you know, legalize your business and the next day you get your patent and the next month you do this and the next month you take the next step and the next month or next couple months you start working on your website. As long as you're working on something, you will achieve your goals. So constantly, constantly work on building and writing your ideas down and constantly like have your goals written down and just figure out what exactly it is that you want to do and what you want to achieve and you can do it. You know, I love that you, going back to when you said do something every day, when I was teaching in Philly, I would tell the students that even at your age, because I would, uh, I was a substitute for whatever grade. So even when I was talking to the middle schoolers, I'm like, listen, I don't care if you're only 12. If you want to be a model, what are you doing? If you're on YouTube, it shouldn't be just watching out nonsense. Maybe you should watch a couple of fashion shows. Like I would tell them that even at your age, even without money or no allowance or whatever, you can do something every single day. All it takes is 30 minutes to an hour, put some time into your dreams and kind of start planting those seeds at a young age. So I love that you pointed that out. And I think that's a, a dope key for our listeners. Like you guys have to remember that there are no days off when it comes to vision, when it comes to dream. Now, I'm not one of those people who necessarily believes you got to be moving 24-7 or, you know, always working. But I do believe when you wake up during the day, you should be dedicating at least an hour to doing something, to building. Get on the phone, call a mentor, you know, call somebody, ask them some questions. If you get the no, keep on asking. You know what I mean? It's like um, you just got to really work hard at it, even when you feel like... Um, whatever it is, like I'm too young or you feel like you have a block on your finances or you're not, it doesn't matter. Like there's always something that you can do. Exactly. Exactly. So when you are choosing designers and models for Philly fashion week, what do you look for? For designers? I'm sure some applications get denied. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, we turn away a lot of people because one thing we want, we don't want to give any, um, 
false inspiration. We want to tell people like, you know, work on it and if like you know, work on certain things and come back to the table when you're ready. When we look when we look for designers, we look for quality work. We look for well sewn product. We look for companies who are actually companies who have websites or who are actually um, you know, selling, who have clientele, who have a um a good social media, who, you know, who is really vested in becoming and being a fashion designer as a business and as opposed to people who are just doing it for fun. Um, cause this is like, when we, when we do these productions, we try to have people here who are like buyers or stylists or, um, showroom owners who can potentially carry these designers or, um, or different boutiques who may want to place small orders for like certain uh, one of a kind pieces and things like that. So we want to make sure the quality, the designer is quality, that their product is quality because the designers that we present also reflect the production. So they look at us crazy if our designers aren't prepared. So we try to make sure our designers have their their um, inspiration sheets. We try to make sure they have their line sheets, their pricing order. Try to make sure they have tags in their clothing. Um, try to make sure everything is well sewn or well finished. Um, and yeah, we let designers know when the quality of work isn't together. So I mean, we just try to let them know that this is a, this is a business opportunity. Don't just think of this as just fun, a fun fashion show. This is not that's not what this is. This right. is a true business opportunity to help you grow your business, to help you um, cultivate relationships, to help you build clientele. Because we also do something that we call shop the runway. So after the runway shows, each designer is allowed to sell their garments straight off the runway and we set them up in different areas of the room after the fashion shows are over and people are actually able to meet and greet the designers and buy the pieces. And I want them to be sure of their prices and make sure that, you know, the quality of work is that so people actually buy. And uh, we've had success with that over the years and I'm, I'm excited and honored about that. That is so, I mean, that's a, that's a huge key right there. When you are in um, business, and I tell writers this, I'll use it from my perspective. You know, I my biggest pet peeve is when a writer um, comes to me for coaching or for whatever, and they, you know, they, they want to write this book, and, you know, I ask them what they've done so far. You know, I go to look for a website, and there's nothing. Or they have selfies as headshots, and I'm like, listen, this there's a difference between writing as a hobby and writing as a business. And you have to be able to discern the two. And so I love that you said that. And I think that that's so important for listeners. You know, you have to step your game up, give people, if they say no, let it be because they don't have any more room. Never let it be. You understand because of the quality or your attitude or you relate or whatever. Let it be because, dang, man, we would love to have you, but we just signed our last designer. You know, I would rather that be the reason to get rejected than for it to be you missed out on this fruitful opportunity because you just took it as, oh, I could just throw some stuff together real quick. Um, And I like that you said everything that you said because it kind of weeds out the wannabes from the real. And I feel like... uh, especially with the t-shirt craze which there's nothing wrong with it you know i don't knock i think it's great when you start a t-shirt line but i think so many people have skewed what it means to be a designer because you know certain platforms have made it a little easy like you know cafe press you can put together a t-shirt you could do and i'm like but that doesn't make you a designer you know so I, i love that you kind of broke that down about quality tags in your stuff you know always just making sure that you you're bringing your a game So now that's the designers. Then what about models? Because that was a twofold question. Like, what do you look for? 
with models, we um, we tell them that they have to have comp cards and have certain requirements, whether it's height, size, and one one thing I want to be I want everybody to know is that we're we're very much size inclusive, but we try to make sure that they've got the models come with their comp cards or a headshot that we can utilize, um, that they know how to walk, they know what to wear, their hair pulled back, very minimal makeup, uh, wear fitted clothes so we can actually see what your body looks like. Because um, some models will show up to castings full makeup and hair on their face and you can't see what they look like and they wear oversized t-shirts. You can't see what their figure looks like. So we have to make them tie their shirts in a knot or take their, if it's a guy, take their shirt off so they can wear their tank top so we can actually see what they look like when they're walking. Like it's just coming prepared and knowing what the experience is like. Cause I don't want people to, to get a, a false interpretation of what auditions are like. So we try to make sure it's as professional as possible because we do give newer models opportunities. Like we have a lot of first time models that come to Philly Fashion Week. And we've had some very successful models come out of Philly Fashion Week that are now like international supermodels and traveling the world and doing things like that. So we want people to be prepared for the industry when the opportunity presents itself. So we try to show them, okay, this is what your comp card. We need you to bring a comp card. We need you to bring your headshots. Know your sizes. Bring your actual sizes. No kitten heels. Ladies, please bring them, bring them high heels. Because I can't stand them kitten heels. Oh, my yes, goodness. Them kitten heels kill me every time. Um, but, yeah, we just try to let them know that, like, this, modeling is a business, too. You can make a lot of money off of, like, out of the modeling industry, but you just have to be serious about it. You have to, you can't ruin your opportunity before it even starts. Yeah, it's funny because I don't even know if I shared this with you. So, I'm a living nanny for the VP of LA Models. Um, right. Yeah, and the president is uh, her ex-husband, so it's the girl's father's, the girl's father. So, um, yeah, and her and I, you know, we talk about the business sometimes. And so, yeah, everything that Kevin is saying, and this is the thing, you don't have to wait to get to the VP of LA Models to hear this. He's telling you what it is. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes, um, I talked about this on another podcast, we always want to work with, and it's, it's a race said this, and I loved it. She said, everybody wants to work with Ava or Oprah, and they always reach for the high people. And there's nothing wrong with having big dreams. But there are people in your own backyard, in your own city, who have gyms, who you probably can touch a little bit quicker than you could, you know, like in my case, thank God I'm in this position. But I don't necessarily want to be a model, so it's different for me. But it doesn't mean that, like, I'm, I value what, you know, her and I talk about. And I even remember um, one of my friends in Atlanta sending me his portfolio and she took a look at it, you know. And so I'm like, you guys have to know that where you are, like right in Philadelphia, whether you're Jersey, wherever the tri-state area, and you get to Philly Fashion Week, don't treat it like some minute opportunity because it isn't New York or because it's not like this major name. You got to start where you are and work hard where you are. To get to a VP of LA Model, you know what I'm saying? So, exactly. um, but I mean, we'll talk more about that on a personal level. But I, I just thought it was funny you were talking about that. I was like, oh, I forgot to talk about a nanny for the VP. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's get to. I know you have the fall coming up. Um, this is your focus, and I'm sure you're working really hard on it. Um, and so you could tell me a little bit about what people should expect from Philly Fashion Week this fall. But my question, um, I always ask people this, is where do you see Fashion Week in five years? So after you tell us what to expect this coming fall season, um, just kind of lay out what you see Fashion Week being and doing in the next five years. Got you. Um, well, this September is going to be huge. Uh, 
the fashion district, which bought, which is, you know, commonly known as the gallery, um, the fashion district Philadelphia is our, um, presenting sponsor and all of our events will be held down at the fashion district in Philadelphia, um, on market street, which is huge for us because we're actually an extension of their grand opening, which is, you know, it says a lot about, um, you know, all the press that's going to be attracted to just that moment. Um, so our main, our, our, um, Events at the beginning of the week are in the main portion of the mall, but our, our huge runway shows, which is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, are going to be in the old Straw Bridges building um, right at Eighth Market. Mm, and it's yes. a beautiful, beautiful facility, and it's amazing. It's like literally like you walk in and you're like jaw drops because it's that beautiful. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. We have some international designers coming in. We have designers coming from China. We have designers coming from L.A., designers from New York. Um, this design is coming from everywhere. One designer coming from Ghana. Um, like we're just so excited about the amount of like quality designers that we have this season. I think it's definitely going to be the biggest and best season we've ever had. Um, and we're excited that we have some major people in the fashion industry coming down from New York to experience Philly Fashion Week. Um, some people who've never been here that like people would like eyes would pop out of their heads when they find out who they are. Um, and then, of course, Fern Malice as well, and a couple of our regulars that come down and support. So we are so, so excited about this new venture and our partnership with Fashion District um, Philadelphia. Nice. And what about the five-year mark? Where do you see this in five years? Five years. Um, I see Philadelphia on almost on the same level as New York Fashion Week. I see um, all the major magazines wanting to come down and covering the shows from Harper's, like, you know, we've had a number of like major publications come down, but we are talking about like the level in which they cover New York Fashion Week. Like we want them to come down to like really highlight the business and the designers that we have and like buyers from all over the world coming to Philadelphia and carrying our designers. And um, we actually want to open up a, a Philly Fashion Week showroom in Philadelphia in the next couple of years. So that's something huge we want to do to carry the designers as an extra incentive on them just participating. But from season to season, whatever season you're participating, that following season, we will carry a collection in the store. So we, we have a lot of different things that we're working on, which is really, really exciting. And I feel like we're definitely evolving and growing. Um, and, you know, we're staying with the times and I'm just I'm I'm just excited about everything that that's happening but for the five-year mark i just see us being like national coverage like national television um major designers coming down to showcase like tom hilfiger like i, I imagine all of that happening and um, I, th- I believe it's going to happen yeah and you know turn the people away i think that's always a good thing like when your seats are so full you're sold out like time at the time you might have to add another venue like that's when mm-hmm. you're like okay this is bigger than me um i have exactly. to say philly fashion week gave me some of my greatest experiences to this day i keep in touch with the people that i met this season the, well the first season i did not season one but the first season i did and i literally have built some great friendships um angela edmonds i love and adore her so much um who i met at 
you know, Philly Fashion Week. Um, some of my favorite designers, Wallace Gooch and Michael Todd. Like, mm-hmm. I literally, you guys taught me a lot, you know, and I thought Stephanie Kane had taught me everything. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's my aunt and I went to her modeling school and everything like that. Like, it was like, to me, every time I um, sent in my press credentials and was approved, I got so excited because I would meet new people and, um, you know, Cha-Cha Nicole, like just remembering even where some of them started and where they are now. Um, right. So who would you say were some of your favorite? I think I named mine, like Michael, Tom- he literally floored me the year that he came out because he was your student designer. Um and Wallace Goose, that was like one of my favorite. But yeah, who who are some of your favorite designers that you guys have had? Ah, Vishnu Komarchi is definitely one of my favorites. Um, he started doing our shows when he was just 16 years old um, at City Hall, and he's done our shows all the way up until recent years. Um, he's definitely one of my favorites. He's dressed a number of different celebrities. He's been featured in Vogue, Elle, Harper's Bazaar, um, and then he also was on this season of Project Runway. Um, which is like truly amazing. Like he's really a superstar and he's a dear friend of mine and he's definitely an amazing quality, quality designer. Um, another one of my favorites, uh, Laquan Smith has shown with us back in 2010 and now Laquan is doing things all over the world and he's an amazing New York designer and he's just an amazing person and his quality of work is just to die for. Um, Let's see what other designers are favorite. I forgot. <laughs> like we. When I said that, I don't know if he's done Fashion Week in the past couple of seasons, but for me, every season he showed was amazing. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome, awesome. So we've had a number of really, really amazing designers that have shown with us throughout the years that are like really doing amazing things and I'm excited to see that the world like pretty much everybody is taking notice to Philadelphia Philadelphia born designers as well like Iris Abyss Pink Lips being sold and Burdolph Goodman and dressing Cardi B and um, Mary J. Blige and her and a number of other like all types of different international artists and celebrities and editorials and things like that and um milano de rouge is doing amazing and danny peru is doing amazing like there's so many designers from philly that are doing amazing things um gene tricks is doing amazing and we actually started out together when we first started um back in like 2006 um, we worked together hand in hand. We managed them for a little while and they, you know, they spread their wings and they're doing amazing. Like they're, you know, dressing Beyonce's daughter and uh, Alicia Keys and a number of other artists. And they're doing like partnerships with Lauren Taylor and um, uh, different shoe stores. So like there are so many designers who are doing amazing things and I'm just excited to see everybody's growth. And I feel like everybody is honing in on their talents and, everybody's shining and that's what i love most about it yeah i have to say that you guys have um really kind of jump-started and and of course the gift comes from god and god is in control but it's okay to acknowledge that you guys have kind of jump-started some people's careers and you know given them that space and platform and opportunity to be seen in um a way that they may not have been seen maybe as quickly i'll say and then to be able to kind of soar and and go off kind of like the mama kicking you out the nest and they're killing it i mean even Corey couture i mean i mean they are killing it some of the designers that i met that were kind of you know 
newbies or you know just kind of launching their brands in that way i mean they already right. had a brand it takes a whole nother thing to launch your brand at a fashion week um and so yeah i'm definitely amazed and i i still follow though i'm not always in the city because i've been <laughs> up so many times over the years but even you know when i was in korea like i still keep up <laughs> so and, and to jump back a little bit about Corey Couture, like Corey Couture showed with us back in 2010, then he showed with us in 2011, 2012, and now he is—he's a major fashion producer. He's done covers for, I want to say, a plethora of covers for Harper's Bazaar. He's done a plethora of covers for Elle magazine and um, Officiel and a number of international publications. And because we were able to build such a great relationship, he also hired me to be stylist a lot of times to be another, like to do his like Harper's Bazaar covers or um, spreads and things like that, or fashion TV. Um, I most recently did with him, and I also most recently did a, a editorial for Esquire magazine with him. And that's what I mean, building great relationships because you never know when people are going to grow and you never know when you're going to meet again because um, he is an amazing friend of mine and I actually did, did something in New York with him I want to say last week for a major publication and I'm just I'm honored that he loves me and that he sees my vision and talent as well outside of you know fashion week so yeah, yeah it's definitely a blessing yeah I'm loving it I'm loving the growth all right just a few more questions before we get to the game because I know you got to get back to planning that fashion week um <laughs> So, I mean, this is kind of a heavy question, but I, I asked it because I think um, it kind of makes us remember how precious life is. But, right. you know, we've lost a lot of great icons in entertainment over the years, including, you know, in fashion. We hear about the suicides and just so many different things. But um, I feel like just the last five years alone, I could even say two years, but what celebrity death hit home for you and why? And it doesn't have to be fashion, just whoever. Like, which one just really took you out and you was like, what? And why? Uh, I'm, I, the why kind of sounds harsh, people. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> you're not, like, everybody's death is like a why, but you know what I mean. It's just kind of like, what did that mean for you? Like, for example, for me, it was heavy D. And it, it was right. because he was the first artist that my mom would let me listen to um, because he promised he would never curse in his music and he did it. And right. I just was floored when Heavy D died and so was my mother. And so that's what I mean. It's like, why? Well, because he had a huge kind of effect on my life as a kid. You know, he proved to me that you could make clean rap music and still right. be successful. So that's what I mean by the why. So go ahead. Um. One of my favorite designers passed away, um, and Carl, I love Carl Lagerfeld. And he, like, he had his, of course, he had his namesake brand, but he was also um, wide respected for his uh, role in Chanel. And um, ah, I truly love that man. He's a creative, and what he was able to do with the fashion, with the Chanel brand, is just beyond measure and a number of other brands that he's also had his hand in Louis Vuitton as well um he's truly an amazing inspiration and somebody that I loved and that I looked up to and that I admired as a, as a fashion designer and as a, as a fashion god in a sense um so that's somebody I truly love and I look up to so that definitely um hit me we actually um this past fashion week um honored him and we uh, featured the Carl Lagerfeld collection at the Crane Arts Building, and we did like a video presentation honoring him um, and a number of things that he's done over over the years. Nice, nice. See, 
right. And let's uh, just because I mentioned it, I did have it down as a question, um, but I wasn't sure of our timing. But I do have a little bit of time. So with Stephanie Kane, you know, she's been dubbed the Philly's, Philly's first lady of fashion. Um, talk a little bit about how she's influenced you and your brand, um, you know, just over the years. Stephanie Kane is amazing. And she's always supported us from day one. And she's like when we started out, we had a number of meetings and she would talk to us about different things that we need to do. And she would always encourage us and tell us that we're doing an amazing job. And she was always there supporting, always there sitting front row, always cheering us on. And she would send text messages and inboxes and say, I'm so proud of you guys and what you're doing. And to have somebody of her caliber, um, somebody I looked up to um, while I still look up to, um, send messages, let them, let, letting you know that you're doing a good job. It says a lot. It's a beautiful thing. And I, um, I love her and I love what she's been able to do with Philadelphia and the the strides she's been able to make in the fashion industry in Philadelphia. And I'm glad to be following in those footsteps. Absolutely. Well said. All right. So last question, who's on your playlist? Who are you listening to right now? Who are we, who are we vibing to? Uh, vibing to. Um, so the crazy thing is I'm a 90s R&B type guy. Like me, 90s R&B and hip hop is my era. That's the music that I listen to 24-7. But when it comes to current music, I'm always listening to Cardi B. Like Cardi B is my favorite artist. Like literally, I've never been like a, fan, like a true diehard fan for anybody besides Aaliyah. And Cardi B is definitely taking my heart in that way. Um, I love Cardi. And then um, Beyonce as well. So what? What's your nineties? I mean, that's cool. I mean, does it be current? What's your nineties? Nineties. Ah, uh, let's see. Um, Mary J. Blige, dope. Yeah. Uh, Aaliyah, my all-time favorite. Missy Elliott. Um, Diddy, the whole crew. Um, yes. Timbaland, Magoo. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on. Like one twelve. Um, uh, Escape. Um, yeah. it's just total. I mean, listen, the name could go on and on and on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm there. Cool. I'm there. And I'm not really even a concert goer. Like, I'm just excited about it. So, yeah. yeah. It's pretty big. Okay. All right. So, now we're at our game segment. And I think there are 10 questions. That's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> but you know what I think this is going to be so much fun um, I'm not going to put, put any pressure on you I'm not going to time you <laughs> the okay. first person I interviewed I timed them but I think this is one of those things where you just kind of got to just ask the question and just let the person answer um, so the first question is what is the distinguishing element of Christian Louboutin shoes and I hope I said that right mm-hmm. So what is the distinguishing element of Christian Louboutin shoes? The red bottom. Yeah, you better I mean, Yes. Okay, okay. I have to make sure because if you got that one wrong, I was going to have to question you. <laughs> I'm like the red bottom. Yeah. Yes, red soles. That is the distinguishing. Okay. Which designer is credited with starting the trend for tuxedo suits for women? Say that one more time. Which designer is credited with starting the trend for tuxedo suits for women? It is a guy. I can give you that. Mm. His name is very hard to pronounce. <laughs> um, uh, kind of 
has three names. Like, as far as the designer, you say it all together. Um, I'm stumped. So <laughs> I might, I might like really like mess this name up. I literally listened on YouTube to how to say this and still ain't get it right. I think it's Yves Saint Laurent. I think that's how you say it. Yves Saint Laurent. Yes. Yeah, you say Laura. There you go. All right. <laughs> so it was him. Okay, um, gotcha. Okay, so what is the shirt style made famous by Ralph Lauren? I mean, that shirt that he was like. The polo. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, polo t shirt. What? Then this is really interesting, but I loved it because I love the Kennedys. What is the name of the hat style? Made popular by Jack Jacqueline Kennedy as the first lady. Ah, uh, not the pill It is. It oh, is. okay. Pill Trust yourself. Trust yourself, friend. Okay. okay. You roll it. Okay. What kind of outfit is designer Vera Wang most known for? I think this is pretty. Big. Wedding gown. Yes, bridal, yes. What is designer Manolo Blon? Is it Blonick? Yeah, Blonick. Okay. Most famous for Yes. Okay. When did the mini skirt craze start? What era? Sixties. You better did you Google that? Are you using Google? No, I am not your computer. <laughs> Um, okay, two more. What was Christian Dior's early design that the world found shocking, yet it became trendy? Christian Dior. It wasn't pantsuits, was it? No. No? Mm-mm. No, it wasn't. So it was very interesting because that was actually one of my favorite designers. It was called the New Look, and it was like based on this fitted like jacket matched with the calf-length skirt. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was like the Dior New Look clothes highlighted the female silhouette, and it says it was a trend that helped Paris become the fashion capital. Okay, touche. Got you. Got you. Um, last question: Which brand made the genius jeans? That became part of the Guinness World Records. Jeans? Yeah, it says which brand made the genius jeans. Which is interesting because I didn't know they even had that. But it became part of the Guinness World um, Genius jeans. I'm going to just. Um, uh huh. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Gucci. It was Gucci. Gucci. Gotcha. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, you got six out of nine. That's not bad. That's not That's bad. Not bad. Not, too not bad. Not bad at all. You know what? <laughs> that, um, the two that I thought were going to stump you was the Jacqueline Kennedy and the mini skirt. Mm-hmm. You, you killed uh. You still a fashion mogul in our eyes. Like you. <laughs> thank but, you. Um, before we pray, I just want to thank you so much for not just joining me here on Keys to the Game, but 
for your contribution to fashion. Um, though, you know, I no longer model. That was like my teenage years. I was just like trying it out. I've always loved fashion, always followed it. And I think what you and Carrie are doing is just legacy. You know, it's building that empire, building that legacy. And to know that you're not doing it for money or for the gram, but you're truly doing it for your last name. That's what I always say when you're building, you're building for your last name. And so I'm definitely honored that you guys have always said yes to me on the VIP list. Uh, that you, you know, giving me the opportunity to just meet such great designers and people would be amongst, to me, like one of the best fashion weeks and fashion shows and fashion productions that I've ever seen. Um, oh, wow. Thank you so much. That really, really means a lot to me. That touched me to my heart. Of course. All right. So tell the people where they can find you and then I'll pray. Tell them where to follow you, follow uh, the People can uh, visit our website, www.phillyfashionweek.org, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Kevin L. Parker or Philly underscore fashion underscore week on Instagram. Yes, yes. All right. So you ready to pray? I'm ready. Father God, I just thank you for Kevin. I thank you for the vision that you gave him. I thank you for this time. Um, And I thank you just for even now pouring back into people who will be listening to this podcast and who will be able to walk away with a wealth of information. Um, I always say wherever you place us, that's our ministry. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the four walls of the church. So I thank you for showing him um, what he was called to do at a young age and that he went after it with everything in him and that he's keeping you first. I ask that you continue to open doors for him and Carrie and for Philly Fashion Week and also the people attached to them, to their team, um, to the designers and the models. I ask that you continue to flood them with opportunities and help them prepare for those opportunities. Thank you for the doors you've opened, whether it be styling for a magazine um, or even just being on the news, being on fashion segments. That's a huge deal. And so I thank you for him and I pray that he continues to follow uh, the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the love and support. And, you know, truly mean a lot to me. And just thank you for always believing in us and, and, and supporting us over the years. Like, we truly love you. Oh, I love you guys back. All right. Thanks, Kevin. All right. All right, guys, that was keys to the game. As always, I'm just honored with the amount of people who have said yes to season two, who show up, who are ready to give a plethora of information and who do not count it robbery to pour into my listeners. Um, that was Kevin Parker, who is the CEO and founder, one of them, of Philly Fashion Week and FBH, the agency. Uh, him and Carrie have been doing a tremendous job for the last 13 seasons. Um, I think this fall is their uh, 13th season, and they have just been doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I'm proud of what I saw, what I see, um, but definitely what I saw when I was able to physically be there in Philadelphia. So anybody who's interested in jumping into the fashion world, um, you know, just a couple weeks ago, we had Lyris Cross on the podcast, who, it, who dropped a bunch of information and now we had someone who's on the production side and the fashion side and so you guys have to really take these moments take notes and understand that I'm not doing this for myself I have no desire to be a model I have no desire to be um 
you know, in the fashion business. Maybe I do. I don't know. But the point is, you know, I really do care about my listeners. I care about the audience. I care about those who are really trying to break into the game and who don't want to be overwhelmed by the game, but they understand that they need keys to the game. So don't forget to follow us at Keys to the Game Podcast. Keys to, T-O, spell it out. Keys to the Game Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you follow me, your girl Maya K at Writer Maya, uh, that's W-R-I-T-E-R-M-Y-A, and we'll see you next week.